Good morning, Real Life Church. Happy Mother's Day. Please stand if you are a woman listening today. And I, I know that feels weird asking you to stand when you're probably in your kitchen or you're probably in your lounge or maybe even your bedroom, but please stand. I think there's something about owning this and, and just receiving this. So please stand if you are a woman listening today. The Cambridge Dictionary says this about the word mother. It's a name or a title for a parent. So someone who parents someone, a female parent. Mother is a, a noun also for an extreme thing. So like you can say the mother of all storms. Uh, mother is also a title for a woman who's in charge or with high rank in like a, a convent, uh, maybe like a religious home. Mother is a verb, so to mother someone means to treat a person with great kindness and love and try to protect them and take care of them. So this morning we want to say thank you to all you who mother. You parent all kinds of things, whether you are a physical parent or a spiritual parent, a parent in your workplace, whether you parent in your family or your friends, you, you parent things. You parent your community and there has never been a greater time for mothers to rise up, for mothers to speak out, for mothers to act. Mothers, we, we need you. You are a woman of high rank. That is what God wants to say to you this morning. You are a woman of high rank. So he calls you daughter. He calls you loved. He calls you known. He says to you that you are mine. This gives you high rank, but out of that high rank, mothers lead. They lead out of knowing who they are and who they're called to be like. We want to ask you, mothers out there, to rise up and lead. And lastly, you are a force of nature. What you have within you is like the mother of all love. What you have contained in you is kindness. What you have contained in you is prayers, is words, is access. What you have inside of you is the mother of all power. If you have Jesus living in your heart, you can um, bring that in any environment you're in. And so we want to stir you, mothers, to unleash your love, to unleash your words, to unleash your prayers, to unleash your protection. We love you and honour you this morning. We think you are incredible and we say be who God has asked you to be. So if you have a Bible, you can tell I'm having note trouble here, can't you? In my next recording, I will work out how on earth to stop my notes from blowing around. So I want to read you a story this morning from the Book of Acts. As many of you will know, I have been in the Book of Acts for the last few months and in its pages, I have grown so much. I have absolutely loved it. I was sad, actually, to come to the end of that journey. So you can turn with me to Acts 12. Uh, 6 to 17, so Acts 12, the Bible here, 6 to 17, it's Peter's miraculous escape from prison, so I, I'm going to read it to you, but if you would like to follow along in your Bibles, you can. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was fast asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate, and suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. I don't know if we think of angels being like that, striking him on the side and being quick, get 
up and the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel. But all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realise it was actually happening. And Peter thought he was in a, a dream. They passed through the first and the second guard post and they came to the iron gate leading to the city. And this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street. And then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally, I love Peter, Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realised this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognised Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter's standing at the door. You are out of your mind, they said. When she insisted, they decided it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. He motioned them to be quiet and he told them how the Lord had led him out of prison. These are such strange times that we are living in. They're such strange times, but there have been strange times throughout history. There have been times where people have had to get up, get dressed, follow Jesus and pray, even when they can't quite see where they are going or what they're doing, even if it feels like a bad dream or, or a nightmare. I think Jesus would say four things to us this morning on Mother's Day to all you women, but to us as a church, as we look out ahead at a time that is strange, when strange things are happening and, and uncertainty, I feel like Jesus would say these four things to us. Get up, get dressed, follow me, gather and pray. Get up. The angel spoke to Peter and said, get up. He appeared to Peter in prison while Peter was in lockdown, while Peter was confined, while Peter was in the dark while Peter was seemingly trapped, while Peter was seemingly not doing the things that God had asked of him, the angel appeared and he said, get up. In these days, we need to understand that God is still very much at work. That prison doors, that confinement, that no Sunday meetings, that no small group meetings, that, that these things are not barriers to him that he will get his message out there. He will get his messengers in. If he has to, he will walk through prison doors. And just in case you think that angels only show up in biblical times or in the Bible and, and all of that stuff is over now, I just want to read to you something that one of our beautiful Real Life Women has experienced in the last few weeks. And I want to stir you to look around you and realise that actually God is at work all the time, even when we're in the dark, even when we're in confinement, even when we're in isolation. On the 16th and 23rd of February, I had the sensations that angels were present while we worshipped at Real Life Church. There was a strange, tingly feeling all over my body, kind of like having a shiver and getting goosebumps, but almost like trembling and shaking as well. 
on the 16th I stood worshipping and looking forward that had a picture almost as if I was looking out the back of my head. I could see white figures moving around the people but not touching them, just observing. Then on the 23rd of February I started to get the same feeling when I saw the picture of angels again, this time they were touching certain people on the shoulder. As they touched people, it was as although ash fell away from them. I was prayed for and as they were praying, I was meeting with God and I had a second clearer picture of an angel stood in front of me. He was what I would describe as male and he was human-like in figure but really bright, as though he was dressed in light. He stood in front of me, then stretched out his hand and was holding a sword out to me. The personal message for me was one of healing. Both times I sensed sense the angels say that they were supervising healing. And then they were touching people to heal them. And God spoke to me very clearly and said that he wasn't healing me physically, but emotionally. So I believe there was inner healing happening in the hearts of people being made new. This Monday I was praying with friends. And as they prayed for my healing, I had that same feeling of angels being there again. I knew exactly where they were in the room. There were two of them. Then when I got in the car on the way back home, I could sense there was an angel sat next to me in the passenger seat. You see, we need to hear God's message to us to get up. I love that Peter's chains fell off as he acted, as he stood, as he listened, as he did what God had asked of him. I do believe that in this season, healing will come as we listen to him, that freedom will come as we listen to him. And not just for us, but for those who are in prison around us, those who are trapped, those who are in confinement, those who are in darkness. I do believe in these times that we will experience angels and unusual manifestations of the presence of God I do believe that he will literally walk through prison doors and break in on situations that we think are too dark or too lost or too hard. I do believe he will do that. I believe there will be unexpected opportunities to speak for him and talk about him and tell about what he is like. I'm asking us as a local church to make the most of every opportunity and try not to be spectacular. Uh, sceptical, try not to talk it away, try to believe that he is the God who turns up supernaturally over and over again. You see, people in prison need freedom. They need freedom. And those who are in darkness need light. And that's why Jesus came. That's what the cross is all about. So the cross literally says, get up, follow me. Get up, follow me. And in doing that, in taking on what Jesus did on the cross, in receiving his sacrifice for our sin, we walk free. So you might not get the white picket fence. You might not become a Christian and have all your life turned around, sorted out. You might not get everything you ever wish for or dream for. What you will get is to walk out of prison. You will get to walk out of darkness you will get to walk free this is what Jesus offers this is what he brings this is what he's there for so that we can access our father in heaven so that we can be free so that we can get up so we can follow him so we can be in relationship with him the God who loves you and knows you knows a way out 
He knows a way out of your darkness. He knows a way out of your sin. He knows a way out of your shame. It's called Jesus. The cross did all of that for us. The empty tomb did all of that for us. And today I want to remind you of that, but I also want to ask you to be brave with that story. The next bit, get dressed. So apparently there's no such thing of, as bad weather, just poor choice of clothing. This is something that Stuart says to me all the time. You see, I am, um, I don't really like coats. And I know that's a weird thing. I have all sorts of weird things. Over the next few weeks, you'll maybe get to know some of my weird things. But I don't really like coats. Um, so I'm all about layers. And then at the last minute, I kind of chuck on a denim jacket to, I don't know, make me feel better. It's also a bit retro and a bit cool. So, you know, um, I find coats really restrictive. I find them too hot. I, I just find they get in the way of what it is I want to do in my head. I'm, I'm going to climb a tree or, you know, run and jump. And so I, I don't want to cope like getting in the way. So um, I often go out layered up. I often go out ready for if it's cold, if it's warm, if I, you know, want to climb a tree. I often go out with layers so that I can kind of peel off or I can kind of keep them on and stay warm. I think getting dressed for us as believers is about reading our Bibles and being filled with the Holy Spirit. I think the Word has an ability to clothe us. The Word has an ability to take care of us and keep us. The Word has an ability to, to speak into our heart and speak into our minds. It, it, it is like our clothing and the Spirit, the Spirit, literally the Bible says the Spirit will come and clothe you in power from on high. So if you are lacking in power, if you're lacking in strength, it's likely that you're not putting on one of your layers. It's likely that you are missing out on the Holy Spirit. I would say a Christian who does not read their Bible and is not filled with the Holy Spirit is like a Christian who goes out not dressed for the season. And if you're not dressed for the season you're in, you will perish. So when the storm comes and the wind whips up and the cold comes in, you will perish. We are supposed to get dressed in the word. We are supposed to get clothed in the Holy Spirit. We are supposed to do this daily. We are supposed to go out ready for whatever the world like chucks at us, whatever circumstances we face. We are supposed to be dressed in truth. And we're supposed to know the truth. And the truth is supposed to set us free. We're supposed to dance. We're supposed to sing. There's supposed to be a freedom that comes because we are clothed in God's word and connected with the Holy Spirit and accessing that power from on heaven, that power from on high. So I want to encourage you in these times, don't just watch Netflix. Don't just finish that box set. Don't just read that great book. Get into your Bible and learn how to be filled with the Holy Spirit in your bedroom because you're going to spend a lot of time there. You're going to spend a lot of time in your home. Find places to read your Bible. Find places to access the Holy Spirit. If you have kids, teach them how to do it. Teach them how to access the Word. Get truth up around your house. Decorate it with truth. In these times, get dressed. And then follow me. You see, we are called to be apprentices of Jesus. That's, that's what a disciple is. We are an apprentice. We're supposed to look at him, learn from him, and be like him. It's, it's our call. If you say as a Christian, I, I don't know my call, let me tell you it now. 
you are called to follow Jesus. You will spend your whole life doing that. And then when you get to heaven, you will spend your whole life worshipping him, loving him, learning from him, adoring him, following him. When you're in prison, when you're in the dark, when you're in isolation, when you're in confinement, you need to know what the Saviour would act like. You need to know what he would do. You need to know how he would respond. You need to look at his life and understand what did he do when rulers and authorities made decisions? What did he do when there was no food? What did he do when people were suffering, when people were struggling? And then you need to do what he does. You need to take note of how he lives and live the same. There were so many things that happened to Jesus that were seemingly at the hands of rulers and authorities, seemingly out of his control, and yet we, we know that's not true. So we know that that, that when he was born, it, like his family were ordered to go back to their, their birthplace. But actually the Bible had already said long ago the Saviour would come out of Bethlehem. You see, we look at the cross and we think, well, that was man's decision in Roman times to crucify him. No, no, no. The Bible had already said the way in which he would die. So even though rulers and authorities made decisions that seemed to dictate the pattern of his life, God had already said these things would happen. God reminded me even recently about this new ground and new shoes that he spoke to me about uh, at Christmas. He said to me, there will be new ground, you will be wearing new shoes. Well, I'm telling you, this is new ground for us. I personally, I hate being videoed. It's like my worst nightmare, I've got to be honest. Overnight, God said to me, get over it. Get up, get videoed. And so, this is me. I will get over my dislike of videos. My dislike of, I don't know, the, the celebrity Christian culture that says, look at me. Oh, So, I will get over that because the times demand it. And I won't get over it because something has happened in my society, I'll get over it because I know God has spoken and I know God is acting and I know he's on the move. We must follow him, we must take our lead from him. And I want to say a little something about the food situation. You see, Jesus trusted his father in heaven, he knew his father, he knew him so well, he trusted him for provision, but he also lived a kingdom life where he gave to the needy and encouraged his church to do likewise. So I want to encourage you to buy what you need and give to the needy. I want to encourage you to look at the life of Jesus and how he trusted his father and be like him. Take your lead from him. You see, a Christian who panic buys is one who loudly communicates, I don't trust you with my future. I don't trust you for next week. I don't trust you for next month. I don't trust you for next year. So I'm not saying be reckless. I'm saying be kingdom. Be kingdom. Buy what you need and give to the needy. Research scripture and see what Jesus was like in times of trouble, in times of persecution. Get into the books of, book of Acts. If you're struggling with knowing where to go now in this season, get the book of Acts open. The church faced such persecution. There were prison breaks, there were shipwrecks, there were beatings, there was all kinds of things going on, but the church stayed on track, the church stayed on message, the church carried on doing what God had asked of them. Get into the book of Acts. And then lastly, gather 
and pray. I think if we're not careful in this story, we miss that. So we look at the angel, we look at Peter, we look at we look at all of that and go, whoa, like his chains fell off. He walked out of prison. Oh, sorry, something happened there. I'll carry on. Sorry, yeah, I think that is still sorry. I forgot that I needed. There's a few things that I'm going to learn about this video stuff. So I forgot I need to put my thing on my computer that stops it going to sleep. So can we ignore that bit? Because I was doing really well up to, apart from my notes. My notes flying off was a bit of a disaster. Um, and my computer going to sleep. And I think at some point one of my boys kicked the ball inside that hit the window and I could see, hear Daddy quietly under his voice say, you said we wouldn't kick the football. So um, if that's on the recording, well, uh, next time I'm going to be, I'm just going to be way more professional about it. All right. So let's carry on. Gather and pray. If we're not careful, we miss this in the story. So we see the angels, we see the, we see the the miraculous prison break we see the chains falling off and we're like whoa and we skip over the bit in the story where there were believers gathering and praying while peter sat in prison that there's something about the supernatural that responds to our prayers that there's something about believers gathering to pray when people are trapped when people are in darkness when people are in prison when things look dark outside there's something about believers coming together and praying and I, and I want to say to you, we have been doing teaching on prayer. I, I, I just don't think that's an accident that the last term we have taught through the prayer course. We have watched the prayer course. We have learned so many tools. Now we have to get them out of our box. Now we have to start using them. Now we have to get up and pray. Now we have to gather. Now we will gather in all kinds of ways. We will Zoom. We will WhatsApp. We will phone call. We will text out. We will email. Our gathering will look different. But I tell you what, we've got to pray. We've got to pray for a halt to this virus. We've got to pray for a halt to the death toll. We've got to pray for Jesus to break in. We've got to pray for things in our nation, in the nations of the world, to turn around. We've got to pray. We've got to pray that people trapped in isolation, that people who are caught in depression, that people with weak immune systems, that we've got to pray that Jesus will break in. And I feel like the thing that prayer is going to do for us in this season is put God in his right place. So when we pray, we say to God, we have no other place to go. We, we put him in his right place. We say to him, you're the one, you're the way, you're, you're our hope. And when we pray, we put ourselves in the right place. We say, without you, we, we don't have what it takes. And if anything, this has made us realise we haven't got it all sorted. We don't have what it takes. This reduces us. This is humbling what is going on. So we must get on our knees and we must pray. When we pray, our hearts line up with our Father. When we pray, the kingdom becomes our focus. When we pray, we're changed. It is so good for us to pray. And even when our prayers get a no, even when our prayers get a wait, it is good for us to understand that he is God and we are not. That he is the king of the kingdom and we are not the king of our kingdom. It's good for us to understand that he reserves the right to say yes in line with his purposes. To say no because it's not what he wills and not what he wants. It is good for us 
to understand that he is God and we are not. So to close up, to finish, Real Life Women, we say to you, mother, whether you have your own physical kids or not makes no difference. You must mother in this season. You must rise up and parent. You must parent communities, neighbours, friends, workplaces, your kids, your family. You must mother. You must understand who you are, mother superiors. You must understand that he has called you daughter, that he has called you his, that he has called you known. And you must rise up and unleash the mother of all love on our communities, in our streets, in your homes, over text messages, cards, notes, shove things through people's doors. We are looking for mothers to rise up. We're looking for the mother of all love storms to just break in on a world that needs it. And for all of us, we've got to get up. We've got to get dressed. We've got to follow Jesus. And we've got to gather and pray. We've got to get up. There's a world out there that requires us. It really does. He is the way. We believe that with our whole hearts. We've got to get dressed. We've got to be reading our words. We've got to be clothed in the Holy Spirit. We've got to follow him. We've got to take our lead from him. We cannot take our lead from society or circumstances. We must take our lead from the one who has saved our souls. We must take our lead from Jesus. He is our person. He is our king. He is the one we come in underneath. He is the one that we need to be like on the earth. We are little Christ. We are apprentices of him, disciples of him. We must get to know him in this season and behave like him in this season and we must gather to pray in any way that we can. We must gather to pray. We must call on him, our Father in heaven. We must ask him to bring heaven here on earth. And we must keep on, even when he says no, because he reserves that right because he is God and we are not. So happy Mother's Day. I've loved chatting with you, even though, you know, my notes flew and, and I think I've touched my face a thousand times, which you're not supposed to do, and a ball hit the window and a bird flew. I've loved chatting with you this morning. I'm going to pray, we're going to close up, and you're going to go out and have a happy Mother's Day. Lord Jesus, we do come to you, and we say to you, you are our only hope only hope and not just because of the times we're in you are our only hope always you are our place you are our hiding place you are our comforter you are our savior you are our king you are our friend you are our shepherd you will lead us through all of this you will speak you will act doors walls barriers isolation they mean nothing to you you will get your message out and you will send your messages in. As the days get darker, you will shine brighter. And we love you, want to meet with you, know you. We honour you as our king. We love you as our friend. I am blown away every day that you would reach down and save me. That the cross 
would stand above everything and would say in a loud voice, you're mine. I, I love that. I love when I look at the cross where I hear is, you're mine. We're done. It's all finished. And I want to say thank you. I ask you to bless us and keep us and lead us, Jesus. Show us how to bring about your kingdom in these days. I pray for those who are suffering, those who are poorly with this virus, those who are dying, those who are weak, those who need your help. I pray that you would meet with them. I pray you would step in to their prisons and I pray you would walk them out. I pray you would strengthen each of us and teach us how to behave in these times. We love you, Jesus. We honour you, Jesus. We want for your kingdom to come. Amen.